The 481st edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast's brand new YouTube page. The Hockey Guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate their new YouTube channel. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to episode 481 of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm going to dedicate this one to LFA because they're giving us something to talk about as we are um, counting on the days till the UFC will be back in our lives. Uh, we're almost there. Two more episodes after this, right, Gumby? And then we're there, right? Uh, yeah, two more after this yes. one. Right. I- I'm Jeff Chalks, Fox, your host. The other voice you just heard, and the other, if you're watching on YouTube, the uh, handsome gentleman to my right... It would be the one and only Gumby Vreeland. Hello, Gumby Vreeland. Hey, you didn't give me anything to work off hey. of other than... Okay, uh, well, maybe I'm not done. Hey, next week, Gumby. next week's the UFC. <laughs> yeah, hooray. Gumby, did you watch the Tyrone Woodley video? I did. I gave you something to work <laughs> off of now. There's only been 30 seconds in between these two recordings. <laughs> no, no, for, no. Yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. We, no, we do no, it together. Man. And... Uh, he Jeff was able to clarify for me off air what it was so that I now feel better about uh, a not having to Google it and B uh, emphatically saying I likely would not enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Um, what else should I, um, uh, are you ready for your children to go back to school? Are you ready? Children, they, to... They've been back to school. We go back to school. Oh, really? America Are goes you? back to school the day You're after New Year's. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've been back to school for two really? days. The really? second. The second. No. No, those weird people that are teachers are back at, at, at work too. They are. Right? Yeah, they are too. Yeah. The second they everybody goes back and uh life resumes. Why do you get some sort of luxurious long break? Yeah, in the, Canada? The, the kids have two weeks off. Yeah. What? The, the, uh, they they were off the day they what they went a half day longer than your kids did i think you told me uh they got off on the 23rd and well they went to school the 23rd and then they've been off and they're not back till next monday yeah in uh colleges in the states now get like yeah. some sort of long parisian vac- vacation it's like yeah. two months yeah. long or something like that kids nowadays damn kids crazy <laughs> crazy crazy um anything else you want to chat about or you want to jump no. right into lfa no, we got we have five fights to break down. We we got some stuff to get to. All right, a couple actually a couple of things. Maybe we should chat on. Um, did you see the Kamzat news? Not really news because he's always hurt or sick. You see, like he, he posted. He's not available. Is that... <laughs> yes, he's not available. He's Weird. injured, and he and he's talking about like he's having really bad health issues, and the he looked horrible in the photo, like really like depleted and like skating and stuff. And then, of course, the post gets deleted. And then he posts one where he looks fine and says, oh, I'll be back. Don't worry, guys. It's strange. It's almost like someone's telling him to get rid of stuff, like like when he retired with COVID. And then yeah. a, a, a few minutes later, he didn't retire. Anyhow, so apparently he's not doing well. Or maybe he's doing great. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, it, so, so in other words, uh, all that changes stays the same. Because, um, yeah. I mean, like, that's pretty much always been Kamzat. 
Yeah, we, we've talked about him a few episodes ago if you want to go back to our futures episode. But yeah, he's a hard guy to make predictions on because you don't know his if he'll ever find availability. <laughs> Number one ability is availability, and you really don't know whether it's health or visa or whatever the issues are. You don't always see him fighting. Um, and then we had a main event announced, Brendan Allen, Marvin Matori, pretty good fight, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's the right yeah. step up for Brendan Allen too, which is nice. <laughs> yep, it is, it is. All right. We are talking about LFA, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, I'm so funny. Uh, gentlemen, uh, LFA 174, Jones versus Genrich. Some people may be making their their uh, significant others listen to us. You never know. Uh, this is going down Friday the 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern on UFC Fight Pass for the Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. Gumby and I have never been there. Maybe we'll have to go meet up there sometime, Gumby. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, like long, a, a long, a long, <laughs> yeah, very, very all race. Yeah. Uh, we'll start now. Uh, it's in Prior Lake, Minnesota. It's in a cage. It's got 11 fights. We did, uh, we skipped the amateur. Sorry. We're not that. I know there's some sickos who probably would have liked us to, uh, <laughs> to uh, I guess there were, there's odds for amateurs, right? I've never done uh, an amateur fight, but I, is there odds for amateur fights? Sometimes, sometimes. I, I don't think all that often. There was for um, there was for that PFL fight with the um, Muhammad Ali's grandkid. Right. Yep. So I, I, I think it's just got to be high profile enough for during a time yeah. where people need stuff to bet on. Um, yep. I saw him for Cage Titans way back when too. There was a Cage Titans Amy okay. fight that had odds. Okay. Well, we don't need to worry about that. We skip those and then we um, hit you with the first four fights on the card yesterday. Today, we're going to do the top five fights, um, finishing off the main card. And we're starting with a men's bantamweight fight, three five minute rounds, featherweight, excuse me, three five minute rounds. Dylan Smirello, Tanner Tremblay. Both these guys are zero and zero. So I'll have to give you some amateur info on him. And then we'll pick Gumby's brain on how he searched for this. Uh, Tremblay, kill him quick is the nickname. All one word. Kill him quick. Do you approve of that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's unique. Hopefully this episode does not kill you. Uh, he's he's 0-0 as a pro, 4-0 as an amateur, two knockouts, two submissions. So he's finished all of his amateur opponents. He owes his rounds. Smrello, Smrello. I I don't like saying that name. I think he should get a nickname as well. Uh, he's 0-0, six and five as an amateur, two knockouts, four submissions. So he has finished all of his opponents, and uh, he's been knocked out once, submitted three times on the amateur scene. He's won two straight fights. Last one, sorry, he lost. How is that possible? If he's won two straight, how did he lose in his last fight via submission? Maybe he won his last fight via submission is what I meant, but it's amateur. So who really cares? Uh, five years younger than <laughs> Trombley. Gum, Gumby, have you, have you caught any tape on these guys? How did you? Yeah, I, I was able to catch tape on both of them. It's out there. Um, and, you know, like e even if you were just like, uh, you know, your person who handicaps through tapology, which is kind of what I think some of these books do sometimes, uh, yeah. Tremblay is going to come in as the favorite because of the record, because of the run. You know, like he's he's just had a way more successful amateur career. Um, so I bet you that one will probably be like negative 250. And if you don't get it right off the bat, it'll probably catapult up too. Um, because I'll say this, in addition to him being you know, like the better fighter on paper. He's also much better in the cage too. Smirillo is, uh, he's one of those guys who he's got kind of some like funky stuff that he does that I think have given some people issues, you know, like he throws, 
from weird angles like he's almost trying to do like a dominic cruz-esque thing but like doesn't have any of the actual ability to do so <laughs> um you know no offense he's an amateur like he shouldn't have the abilities to do so he'd, he'd be far better um but he also throws like weird oblique kicks and you know like punches from weird angles and you know side kicks that you wouldn't see most amateurs throw so i think because he does a lot of weird things like that he's had some success in the amateur ranks because people don't see that kind of thing and I just don't think it works against Tanner Tremblay because Tremblay is a fighter who clearly is being, I think Brock Larson is his coach. Do you remember the name Brock Larson? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I'm pretty sure I heard a commentator mention Brock Larson teaching him things at some point in time. So he's at least worked with Brock Larson in the past. I think you're right. I think I saw his name too. Uh, nice. Yes, that is yeah. true. Okay. Yeah, so, so shout out to whatever announcer that was. Um, <laughs> shout out to Gumby for remembering that. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good on his part to give me that um inception knowledge but tremble h is just like he's one of those guys who's clearly coached up by a former pro who knows how to do the little things right um because he just doesn't take stupid risks um his boxing doesn't look like you know it doesn't look like much but he's just doing all the little things right offensively and defensively he's way more technical than his opponent um i, I would also say that in general like he's faster than smarillo um and he doesn't waste energy too so his gas tank will be better here and he hurt his last opponent pretty bad with a left hook. And I think that alone, you know, like between Smurillo being kind of like off balance all the time and Tremblay just like never putting himself in danger of like eating one of these, like, what is he going to throw a question mark kick or something like that? Like the fact that he's always in the right position. So he never gets hit by that is going to leave him in a good position to counter Smurillo when he gets off balance. One of these times, I also think he could wrestle him. He probably won't, but I think he could wrestle him. Um, but I think Treble is going to have success just about everywhere. You know, two episodes in a row, you've said weird oblique kicks. That, weird oblique kicks. Um, it, I mean, like it's become it's your be tick. I think. I think it's because, like, on the amateur scene, if you see an oblique kick, it is a weird oblique kick. <laughs> yep. Um, every oblique kick is a weird oblique kick on the there you regional go. scene. There you go. Yes, it's true. All right. Um, what's not weird is underdog fantasy uh to, you should be able to bet on higher or lower oblique kicks weird oblique kicks how many weird oblique kicks will be in this fight oh, that'll be a good bet not a bet a good play underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long nfl nba nhl college basketball college football mma they got it all simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players fantasy stats and cash in gummy do you have a favorite oblique kick play for us or are you gonna go uh... with something different Give me uh give me on Sunday. I like Mason Rudolph's higher than on his uh passing yards. Uh, a lot of people might shy away from taking somebody who's playing the Ravens, but it's only listed at 219 and a half. And I think the Steelers are pretty much gonna have to throw the entire game uh in order to make sure that they uh maintain their playoff hopes. So I think Mason Rudolph probably throws uh for 220 without any problem. How is his oblique kicks though? We need to know. Uh, I would imagine bad, but I would ask Hunter Homestick because that guy would know. <laughs> All right, there you go. Watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up for the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks, free money. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And speaking of free, the Hockey Gambling Podcast, our brethren over there, are giving away a free hoodie in celebration of launching their new YouTube channel, they were giving away an HGP hoodie, which I have one, and it's very nice. Uh, so if you want to be cool like me, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash H-G-H-G-P. 
H as in hockey, G P. All right, let's uh, move on. Gumby to here's the right tab. We are going to oh a Canadian. It's Canada time. We're going up to lightweight. Um, three five minute rounds. <laughs> Canada time. Cody Milhausen, that little nerdy friend of Bart's versus Kelton Sneeve, the Canadian. <laughs> Great uh, we're getting some names I don't enjoy saying, like Sneeve, and what's the one we just said? Smarillo. Smarillo. A Sneeve is a conqueror, spelled incorrectly. K O N Q U E R O R. That is not how we spell it in Canada. <laughs> I guess they're playing on the Kelton part of his name. But yeah, the, the we, K we, where, uh, where the K where C belongs in yeah. like in like business names. Oh. Yeah. Irks me to no end. Candy corner, and there's no C's in the whole damn thing. <laughs> uh, there you go. And he's fighting out of Thunder Bay. He's way up there in Ontario, way, way up up north, um, is is old Kelton. All right, let's tell you about him here first. Uh, Conqueror, one low with one submission. This is his LFA debut. Seven years younger than Milhausen. Little blue-haired Milhausen is the crippler. Uh, so he's like Milhouse and you know, uh, Milhouse when they do the uh, future ones and Milhouse is all jacked. Have you, uh, when I, they, I was uh, going to say, it's like uh, Milhouse when he plays, uh, what's the video game? Um, uh, bone, bone something. Either. Yeah, but he puts, oh, okay, the, name, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he puts the name Thrill House in, which makes it a lot better. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. All right. Uh, we're going to tell you about Milhouse and the Crippler. I would not say these to his face because he's the crippler. What a unique nickname. Uh, three and two. One knockout, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He owes us rounds, damn it. Uh, all one LFA. Three and one over his last four, including winning his last fight via submission. Used to fight at welterweight. All right. What do you know about Sneeve? First of all, one fight. I'm guessing on the Canadian regional scene, probably. Have you seen anything on this guy? Yeah, I went and watched him fight. Uh, so much so that I In think Thunder Bay? he's going uh no but i i watched no i didn't go to his fight but i did see his last oh. amateur fight um, he had a lot of amateur it, fights that's true yeah yeah it's a, it's available a on his, his last amateur fights available on youtube so you can go watch him and okay. verify everything i'm about to tell you um i actually think he's gonna come in here as a favorite um if, if you watch these two guys fight uh dude anything's because of the record i will say he probably will only come in at like negative 200 but he probably should be negative 400. Um, Ooh, there's value there. Yeah. Lots, lots of value here. So I, I don't really, I don't, I don't really necessarily love where he keeps his chin. Like, I think that's a new guy thing where sometimes like they just carry their chin a little bit too high, but he throws a lot of low kicks, a lot of really good low kicks. Um, in addition to that, he's got some decent wrestling that I, I didn't hate. Uh, he wasn't super successful on it. I didn't like how much he backed up. But he does throw a whole bunch of really good low leg kicks, um, and I, I, that helps me trust him. Milhausen, his arm punches are so wild. Um, he's he's one of those guys who just – he throws the way you would expect somebody who's never hit a heavy bag to throw. And I don't mean that particularly mean because he's landed some of them. He's got some good accuracy on him for throwing them the way that he does. But I just don't think it will catch somebody like Sneeve who, you know, kind of like we were talking in the last fight with Tanner Trebley. He's just kind of a guy who does some of the technical things right. And I think that's enough to get him by here against Milhouten. And I will also say Milhausen looked really bad on his takedown defense in his last fight. He got slammed pretty easily. And I think Sneeve, while I said his wrestling kind of held up pretty well in his last fight, 
I think that means uh, with like a step down in competition here against Milhausen, I actually think it's going to play up. So I, I like Sneeb quite a bit here. I think he's probably only going to be a slight favorite. Probably should be a much bigger one. So uh, yeah, Sneeb, kind of a sleeper. That's what we like to hear. All right. So we got Sneeb, lock it in. Trombley, lock it in. All right. Um, we are moving on up the card as we tend to do with these things. All right. Let's go to big boys. Are these chunky guys going to be? These are chunky guys, yes. All right. Three five-minute rounds at heavyweight. Steven Asplund, Billy Ray Valdez. Do I have to tell you he's American? He's American. So is Asplund. <laughs> Another good name, Gummy. Asplund is not a fun name to say either. Uh, Asplund is concrete, apparently. So that's probably good for fighting if you're made of concrete, uh, both for offense and defense. He's 1-0 with one knockout. This is his LFA debut. Four inches taller <coughs> than... Peterson, Peterson, he's the real deal. He's six and one. Wait a minute, not Peterson. He's fighting Valdez, right? Right, yes. Valdez. Sorry, uh, Valdez is two and zero. Oh, one knockout, one submission. I would say that's the real deal as well. Uh, one known LFA, one no as a pro boxer. Now Gumby takes over with the real info you want to hear. So, before, well, I'm going to start with the real, real info that you want to hear, and that's um. Have you seen these gentlemen? <laughs> I have. Um. The, uh, Bart Simpson in Millhouse wanted to get Bone Storm. That was the name of the okay, game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, Bone Storm. I do remember now. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I've seen both of these guys fight. Uh, the big difference for me is just going to be the size difference. Uh, Aspen being a much taller fighter than Valdez here. And Valdez does look like he's gotten himself into some better shape because if you go watch some of the film of him uh, when he was boxing, he, he looked like he couldn't make 265 if i'm being completely honest um he looks a lot better now yeah he looks a lot better now uh having dropped a little weight but he's a short guy um and he does have big power um if if you watch one of his his last fights he actually he he gets absolutely wrecked with kicks one right after another one right after another one right after another and then finally his opponent kicks him right in the balls um (laughs) and maybe it's the greatest thing that ever happened to him because he gets like three minutes to like settle himself yeah and then after he takes three minutes to settle himself, he eats two more kicks and then lands a right hand and ends the fight. Um, so he didn't look good in that fight. Asplund, on the other hand, he's a chunky guy and he kind of muscles his takedowns, but he's got like some pretty good cardio for a guy who's 265. He throws a jab, which is worth something. And the bigger part of it is like he's got nice body kicks. And I think between the range and the fact that he throws body kicks and the fact that he has some jabs, I think that height is just going to be too much for Valdez. I don't think he'll get close enough to Asplund to be able to take him out. I think because it's a heavyweight fight, you'll see the books a little bit careful on the odds. Maybe Asplund, slight favorite, negative 175, let's say plus 150 on the return for Valdez. Uh, But I do think Asplund is the right move here. All right, Asplund. What was the number you said for us? I said, let's say negative 175. All right. We'll say no. It doesn't. Well, I guess it does matter actually what you say. People have said uh, they people, made money. People care. Here. People care. People care. People care about us. Gumby, they listen to us. No matter what we talk about, they will listen to us. We're gonna. We try to put that to the test during this uh, this break <laughs> in UFC action. So hopefully we're not killing you quick, as I said earlier. All right, uh, let's go to the co-main event. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this is a three five minute round fight at 140 pounds, a made up weight class. Uh, Kwang Lee versus Cody Peterson. Both these guys are are uh, bantamweights, but they're fighting up at 140. Uh, Kwang Lee from China against the American Cody Peterson. So we have 
a Chinese fighter. Oh, sorry, Vietnam. Excuse me, Vietnam uh, versus uh, versus USA. And let's tell you about the American first peterson he is the real deal i tried i jumped the gun on him earlier i had him fighting up at heavyweight so that would have been quite a weight gain for him uh the real deal is six and one one knockout four submissions he's been knocked out once he owes his rounds damn it this is his lfa debut four straight wins three straight via submission has not fought since june of 2019 though uh 2013 was his pro mma debut oh and three as a pro boxer three inch sight three inches of reach over lee lee is six and oh with three submissions Five and zero in LFA, two years younger than Peterson. That's all I got. So Quagley uh, is uh, kind of a sleeper here because I think. Um, so first of all, I think he'll be a favorite. Uh, I don't know how big. Let's say because you know the record's pretty nice on Peterson, but the layoff kind of maybe shies people away. Let's say negative two hundred for Quagley, but Quagley comes from uh, from the Minnesota fight team there. The one uh, Greg Nelson. Uh, Greg Nelson is yep. the lead trainer there, former Brock Lesnar head coach. Um, Kwang yeah, Lee was yeah. actually in the corner for John Castaneda's last UFC fight. So he's like a, I mean, he's a training partner of uh, John Castaneda. And I, I will say he doesn't fight like John Castaneda because what's John Castaneda? Big, you know, looping bombs and some mean takedowns. And I would say Kwang Lee is almost the exact opposite of him. He's like a nice foil for him. He's... A guy who's a little bit hesitant on the feet, he sort of like picks away at you until you get frustrated and then tries to get you close enough to grapple. And while his wrestling maybe isn't like the best wrestling I've ever seen, his counters off of the wrestling, when either his wrestling fails or somebody else shoots on him, are incredible. I really love the way he like takes somebody's back when they try to take him down, like he'll, he'll like pin an arm, he'll go to like a crucifix position and then he'll be on your back. Like he does a lot of things that make me like the, the way he grapples, regardless of whether or not the wrestling portion of it's all that good. And I got to imagine like the wrestling portion is just going to keep getting better working with Nelson and, and Castaneda and those guys. So like, I, I think even though like maybe I wasn't all that impressed with him sometimes, I think there's reason to be hopeful for him in the future. Um, and then of course, if fighting a guy who's coming off of a layoff, like Coder Peterson is this dude hasn't fought since the pandemic started, right? Like that's automatically a tick in the wrong direction. And kind of what I, what I've seen from him fighting from, well, you know, now four years ago, right? Cause we haven't, you haven't seen this guy fight in four years. It, it's just kind of like rote striking. You know, he's kind of one of those guys who throws combinations that you expect, whether or not it's the right situation for it or not. Um, He's long, but doesn't necessarily use all that length really well. I couldn't really get good film on him in grappling exchanges, which makes me think maybe he's not all that well tested. And especially four years out of the cage, I think Kwong Lee takes care of that. So uh, I'm going to go with a fourth favorite in a row here. I'll take Kwong Lee, uh, probably, like I said, like negative 200. All right. Is he a, a uh, potential UFC prospect or is it too early? I think he... I think this is this is the win that puts him on contender series for sure. Like oh. if he goes out there and like, and I think they give him a right kind of opposition. You know, it's a guy with a yeah. six and one record, so that's what the UFC wants to see. But it's also a guy he can maybe like dazzle on. Like if uh, if this guy yeah. shoots a takedown and he jumps to the back and chokes him out real fast, that's kind of what the UFC wants to see in the fight. Like before he would get a contender series fight. Fantastic. You know what I like to see? I like to see all the great deals at game time. And I love my transitions. I am so smooth at this. Almost 500 episodes in. Game time is the spot to go 
for last minute ticket deals. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive to the event. Uh, buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps in your set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Hall of Fame bets. We are brought to you uh, by Win Bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. Are we at to the main event? We are to the main event. Jones versus Glenn Rich. This is for the Alpha Lightweight Championship. Uh, Jacoby Jones, 6-2. Versus Keegan Genrich, seven and two, five five minute rounds for, like I said, for the lightweight championship. Genrich, machine gun, seven and two, one knockout, three submissions. He's been submitted once, four and one in LFA. He's won five straight fights, last one via submission. He's not lost since April, August of 2020. Five inches taller than Jones, three inches of reach. So he's going to have quite a decent uh, size advantage on him. On the champ, big toe, Jacoby Jones. Once again, I remember talking about him. Of the <laughs> uh, he's six and two, two knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. He's six and one in LFA and is the champion. Oh, one on the contender series. He's won three of his last five. Did lose his last fight. That was a contender series fight. Uh, three years younger than Gen Rich. Tell us, uh, we, we don't know about big toe, right? The nickname. Or do we? Uh, we don't know about Big Toe. You did press me for it right. pretty heavily when he was on yeah. Contender Series, but we didn't we didn't get the answer. Um, you I'm gonna say the bottom of it yet. Okay, I haven't gotten to the bottom of it, but I will say he's gonna be an underdog in this fight. Um, oh, really, I, I think so. I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't. Now that being said, I'm taking him here. I this is the the lone underdog I've liked in these last five fights. Is uh, you know, if my my predictions are correct, I think he's gonna be an underdog because the records are just about the same. And I'll be honest, I think he lost stock in being on Contender Series. Sometimes you're like, oh, he was on Contender Series. He's a recognizable name. That'll jack him up. He looked really bad in Contender Series. Let's be fair. He fought Dan. Was it Daniel James Allen? I want to say it was like the only guy on this year's Contender Series who didn't get a contract after winning. Yeah, I don't even remember Uh, the guy. Yeah, he, he it was like kind of a lackluster performance. He was also 34 and only 4 and 0 and it was like one of those ones where like uh Dana White was like, "I'm not really looking for 34-year-old 4 and 0 guys." And it's like, "Well, then why is he on this show?" Exactly. Sir? That's uh, what I always <laughs> argued. Yep. Yeah. And uh well, anyway, he beat Jacoby Jones uh and Jones just didn't look good. I I kind of think it was like a stage fright thing for Jacoby Jones because we've seen him be a better boxer. And if I'm being candid, I haven't really been impressed with Genrich's boxing. He seems like tentative. He does this like weird lean forward thing that I don't really love, especially out of a tall guy. Like, why are you leaning forward? Why would you not use some of that height? Um, I think Jones can tag him with either a punch or a kick when he's leaning forward like that. I also see Genrich going to his grappling a lot. And I know that worked on Jones a little bit with Daniel James Allen. 
um, or at least Allen's defensive wrestling also worked in there. But I don't know that it's going to here uh, against Jacoby Jones. I think he's probably – I think we see a, a more LFA-looking version of him because he didn't look the same on Contender Series. I think his boxing's a little faster. I think he's up against an opponent who's a little more hittable. Um, and I think Genrich is just probably going to put his head in the wrong place one time. Uh, and as you've seen sort of in the past with Jacoby Jones, that can sort of be a problem because the guy hits really hard. You know, the the two wins, obviously, by knockout uh, that he has are, are his last two wins. But he's also, you know, I mean, when he stopped Jan Paul Lebozani, I, I was really impressed. I thought his punches looked good there. Um, and, and like he, he's dropped other people. So I, I like think. I think he's got all the potential here. I think, you know, like people probably jumping off the big toe train. Uh, in, uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's time yet to jump off the big toe train. So if that's my one underdog, I'll ride with Jacoby Jones. <laughs> the big toe train. All right. Uh, what do you think we're going to get him at? I always miss I, that for some reason. I think probably. I, I don't know if I even said. I said maybe plus one fifty. All right, works for me. All right, let's recap. And we'll get out of your, we'll stop him beating your ears and your eyes. Uh, he's got Jones. He's got Lee. He's got Asplind. He's got Sneeve. And he's got Tremblay on the episode with a bunch of weird names. All right. We are going to, like I said, we're going to uh, leave you, leave you be now. But if you want more of us, of course you do. Uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord is the place to go. Uh, you can also contact us on Twitter. Gumby runs our official account, which is SGPNMMA. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer there and on Instagram. Uh, my substack is moneyamma.substack.com. Check it out. If you like what you see, hit the subscribe button. You will like what you hear from Gumby's other podcasts, the Top Turtle MMA podcast, because there's no me on it. And there's Jim Miller on this past episode. So that's a good swap. Me for Jim Miller, that's a good swap. So listen to that. Weston Wilson, too, is a good interview uh, this week. And sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's it for my plugs. Gumby. Get us out of here. I'm Daniel Gomez Freeland. He's Big Toe Jeff Fox. And I, well, we will see you on Sunday. Mm-hmm.